Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Happy Monday, everyone. It's another week. Shut in, being safe, socially distancing, but that makes podcasts work great, right? So I'm glad you're here with me today. Today we've got author Christina Rienzi, and I probably should have asked her how to pronounce that. I hope I didn't kill it. But anyway, if you haven't met her yet, I'm going to read her her bio to you. And I'm very excited because we don't get a lot of new adult authors on the show. So this will be really fun. So Christina is a Jersey Shore-based new adult thriller author, certified professional coach, and the former president of Sisters in Crime Central Jersey. She dreams big and encourages others and herself to embrace the unknown through her stories. When she's not writing or drinking wine, Christina is spoiling her baby girl and two fur babies, dissecting true crime stories, singing and dancing to Yacht Rock Radio, or rooting for the WV. WVU Mountaineers. There we go. I can read. She believes in all things paranormal, a closet of designer bags, weekly manicures, the law of attraction, aliens, angels, and the value of a graduate degree in psychology. I did put Christina's website right there on the Blog Talk site. So if you're listening live, you can click that anytime and check out her books and what's coming up and all her news there. So without any further ado, Christina, are you there? I am here. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Yeah, I'm so glad you could be here. While we're all shut in, we might as well talk, right? Oh, my gosh. Yes, definitely. We all need to be, uh, you know, being more social in video and on online and, and podcasts. So this is the way we keep connected. Right. And you're having some exciting weather over there in Jersey right now, aren't you? Yeah, so they just told us we have a tornado warning. I looked outside and the trees were going crazy, and I thought, well, this is new for New Jersey. I'm not, I'm not used to this. So I hope it goes nowhere and nothing happens, um, but we're just kind of sitting around waiting to see how it goes. And it's a six-hour hour warning, so we'll see where we're wow. at six hours. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So if the pandemic wasn't stressful enough, here's a tornado. Yeah, of course, right? Like, see how much we can handle. This is how we grow, right? Just keep dumping it. That's we're, right. We got this. We're good. <laughs> Yes, this is this is our own dark moment pushing us to a greater oh realization of self, right? Our hero's it journey. It really is. Let me tell you, there's more of those in life than we uh, we recognize. I think authors see them more than anybody because we write about them. But definitely, you got that right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have a few books out and, and you're relaunching a few. But um, I had down here Choosing Evil, the Unsold series. And do you want to tell people about that book, why they should run out and grab it? Sure. Yeah. So, so this is a, the book, a book of my heart. Um, it was a book that took me a long, long time to write. Um, and so Choosing Evil is considered also a new adult thriller. Um, it is on the paranormal side. If you're into paranormal, this is a book for you. It um, follows the story of a girl named Serafina, and she is from the Jersey Shore because that's where I live. So I write about uh, what, where I live and, and the beach and, and the darkness that could be hiding uh, just around the corner. And so she is a human in a paranormal world, and she's um, faced with some decisions she needs to make. Um, and through her journey um, of living alongside demons in this uh, modern-day uh, modern paranormal uh, story, she um, is faced with some information about her past. There's secrets. There's 
um, a bunch of twists and turns, betrayals, and um, at the end of the day, ultimately her identity is in question. So there's a lot of um, things that happen with this story that will take you on a wild ride. It's a roller coaster ride. Um, but really it does test um, the true, it's a true testament to the strength of a person and what they can go through and how they come out on the other side. So if you're into paranormal, you're into fast-paced, um, and you're willing to kind of go on this journey with, with Serafina, um, I would love for you to take a look at it. And this one is a series, right? How many books are going to be yeah. in it? So for right now, we have Choosing Evil and Breaking Evil, which is the follow-up. Um, I kind of, I had a little bit of a publisher change, and so when I split um, with my original publisher, um, I sort of ended the book so that it was, you know, they could each be standalones, but, you know, continue. Um, but originally, it was a trilogy in my mind, and I still have that third book in my head. Um, I need to get back to that. I have, you know, as authors, we um, we just are, you know, you get ADD, and you just kind of go in all different directions. Oh, this story's pulling me, and that story's pulling me. So I do intend to get back and write that third book, and to me, in my mind, it's a three-book story, um, but certainly, um, you can read the first and, and second book and not feel cheated. It, the story do end. Okay, and the first two books are already out, right? Yes, Choosing Evil and Breaking Evil are already out um, in paperback and E, and I'm working on their audio versions um, as well. I'll probably get started on those later this year. I love my audiobooks. Oh, very exciting. And you are kind of like an audiobook superstar because when I was looking things up, you are featured on the um it, for an ACX university pick, right? How did that all come about? Yeah, that was awesome. Um so I work with a woman named Kate Tilton. She is an author assistant extraordinaire, I call her, and she connects authors and readers and um also people in the industry. And um she had a relationship with Audible and they were looking for someone like me who had um a book that they wanted to turn into audio and hadn't turned into and done audio yet. And they wanted to use me as sort of um, an example for other authors to learn about the audiobook process. So they took a look at Among Us, which was um, my release in 2018, and they liked it and thought it would be perfect. And what they basically did was I got the opportunity to go into Audible Studios in Newark, New Jersey, uh, where we went um, through the process of choosing a narrator. They walked me through everything. We videotaped it. Um, I even got the opportunity to hear the narrator, meet the narrator, and hear him read a portion of my story. Um, and they helped me kind of understand what it would take to pick a narrator, which is a part of the process of an audiobook you don't think of as an author. You think, I'm going to write the book, I'm going to submit it, someone's going to read it, and boom, it's done. And no, it's a lot more work than that. Um, but But it is a lot more fun as well. And I think it was just so cool to be hands-on in the studio, take a look at the studio, you know, see what the setup is that they have, and really talk to an, a, a true actor and, and seasoned actor um, who was reading my story. And then he was doing it really for the education piece. But the second part, which is very cool, is that they put a launch out um, to find – they launched part of the audiobook to find a narrator. Um, so they went on a search for a narrator for me, and I ended up um, with a, a fantastic narrator who's a writer, director, an audiobook, um, Emmy Award-winning uh, person, uh, you know, who has all this experience, um, and he did an excellent job. Louis Arlt um, narrated Among Us, which is the book that was featured. Um, and then I luckily had the opportunity to use Chris Shula, who was the uh, narrator at Audible Studios that day when I was filming, and we were, we were just trying the process out to teach other authors. He narrated Winter Road, which is another book of mine. So I've been blessed 
uh, in the audiobook world to have great partners. That's so cool. How many books do you have in audio? So right now I have Among Us and Winter Rose, only two of my seven. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm planning to do Choosing Evil, Breaking Evil, um, and then I'll go into um, my other books, Luring Shadows, Twisted, um, and, and go from there. With you know, Each book I come out with, I want to make sure audio is a part of that. I, audio is a big um, area of interest and um, love for me. I listen to audiobooks all the time, and I know that there's, you know, the readership out there is a little bit, um, some people kind of cross-pollinate and do everything, and then there's people who really just listen to books, and I love listening to books, so I really thought, you know, as an author, it's my obligation to make sure that people like me get the opportunity to hear my stories. Yeah, I I was never really an audiobook listener. I like to read. And then when my werewolf series came out in audio, I thought, well, I should listen. And I got so addicted. I love audiobooks now. Mm-hmm. I just, I had no idea that it's not someone just reading words. They, no. they act all of the parts. Oh and it God. really, it made parts of my book really jump out. And I thought, wow, look at that character growth. They're totally different by the end. And it was the narrator who made, you know, yeah. who, it's like another layer of your book. I mean, is that is that how you felt hearing it the first time? Yes. <clears throat> you know, I was amazed at exactly like you. I had no idea what to expect. I had been listening to audiobooks all my life, you know, and as much as I've been reading, I've been listening as soon as they came out. But I, when it's your words that you wrote, it's a completely different experience. And I felt like, yes, my characters came alive. I felt like I understood them a little bit better. I knew them a little bit better. Um, I felt like I knew my story a little bit better because now I was hearing it from somebody else who we were working together. And by the way, it is a partnership. You know, I don't, a lot of uh, authors are also trained in voiceover and can do this kind of thing. That's not me. Um, and I don't want to ever do that because I feel like their actors are the ones, right? Like they're so good and I yeah. want to give them that job. And I, I give them when, you know, when I worked with an, I, both of my narrators, I was like, you guys are the experts, do it your way. Like we work together, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I wrote differently for Among Us because I knew, I also knew once it was written, I knew it was going to be turned into an audiobook. I have this vision in my mind. So I went, I made sure, not that we don't do this anyway, because authors do this anyway, but I did really make sure it felt more like a movie playing. Um, this is probably the, one of my books. Everybody says, you know, when they, when they write a book, oh, I want it to be, you know, not everybody, but a lot of authors will say, I would wish it was a movie. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> and so cool. Absolutely. Why wouldn't it be? That's great to see it come alive, right? Audiobooks are a lot like that. It's hearing it, like the old radio shows from, from years past. Um, and so when you're writing, I felt for my stories to get the full effect of the darkness, the tone, the fast pace, um, and all of the things that go along with a thriller, I wanted to make sure the writing reflected that when it was being read aloud, um, even more so than when you're reading it. And so I approach writing this book a little bit differently. And I think I probably will approach every story I write from here on out in that way where I'm focusing a lot on dialogue and action. Um, there is narration, of course, you know, there's, ex- there's exposition, there always is, but I really wanted it to be a lot of, um, you could visualize what was happening, which was really cool. So all around, I would say I agree with you, and I think it was a fantastic experience and one that I absolutely um, would, you know, I'm looking forward to doing again. 
Yeah, I, I, I just, I was telling you before the show started, I just dipped my toe into ACX because I had mm-hmm. opened an account a couple of years ago because everyone said, you know, now you can self-publish audio, but I was instantly overwhelmed. So during this pandemic, while we're staying inside, I thought I have no excuses. So anyway, nope. I, I finally, I chose, I did an audition script and I chose a narrator. And, and so my first indie audio will be out, um, well, I'm supposed to have the finished audio in May, so I'm really excited. It's definitely I'm still in the mm-hmm. middle of doing all of it, but but it's been a great experience so far. So if you are an author out there listening, don't be scared. <laughs> no, it. no, it's worth it for so many reasons. It gets your book into the hands of people that might not otherwise have it. It's also a learning experience for you. It's a growth experience for you. It's a fun, creative experience. And at the end of the day, I believe, and I, and I know a lot of author friends of mine believe too, a story is a story is a story. If you have it in a book, if you have it in a script, if you have it in an audio, however you have it, this, the process of writing a story, you have the same elements that go on and the same ideas. And you may do it a little differently. It comes out a little differently, right? But, and the medium is a little different. But a story is a story. And we all love story. That's why we read. That's why we write. So it's just another way to tell the story. And, I, you know, to me, there is nothing better than having your story told in all different ways. Yes, I totally agree. So while we're on the subject of stories, I always ask people, if you can tell readers, what was your writing journey? I mean, did you always want to be a writer? Did you discover it in college? You know, how, how did this happen? How did you get from, from being a reader to having a book get published? So I've always written stories ever since I was little. Um, I wrote a bunch of short stories, you know, I, Short stories were the where I kind of started. But as a child, I wrote a little short story. It was actually a, a little, like, thriller horror story, if you can imagine that, in fifth grade. Um, and, and I wrote it, and it won an award in my elementary school. And, and um, it kind of gave me the confidence. And I thought, oh, I want to be an author when I grow up. And, of course, life gets in the way. But um, writing mm-hmm. as part of just who I am has always been the way I was most comfortable communicating. I loved um, – I was very, always very good at comprehension. I would write and edit other people's stuff. Um, from a nonfiction standpoint, I wrote all through my uh, corporate life. Um, and as I got, I don't know, it was about maybe 2010 or so, I think, I got this bug in me, like, I need to write fiction again. I have been, I've been writing short stories, but I wasn't really doing anything, like, purposeful. And I was like, I need to have a purpose. I need to do this. So um, I joined a book, um, I'm sorry, a writing group, a local writing group. I went to the group. I listened. I worked with a couple people on short stories. And little by little, I had an idea for Choosing Evil, and I ended up, um, you know, submitting it to a publisher and getting a book deal in 2014 uh, for Choosing Evil and Breaking Evil. Um, So it was sort of quick in the world of books because I didn't really understand how any of it worked. But I'm one of those people that, like, I took the idea of writing professionally seriously, and it was everything I did in my free time. And so the fact that it it was a four-year uh, a four-year experience um, is, some, is short to some people in this business and also long to others. For me, it was quick because um, I didn't expect things to happen so quickly, but it was, it was um, awesome, an awesome learning experience. And that's, I mean, the best that I can say. It's, it's a lot of work and a, and a lot of, um, you have to be humble and you have to be open to criticism. And that's something I am, I, I love, wanted, I want to know what's wrong with everything I do. I don't care about what's right. You know, that's great that you love it. What didn't you like? How can I fix it? I'm all about development, improvement. I want to get better. I always want to be better. Um, and so it was a great experience. 
Yeah, and you were involved with Sisters in Crime. I was involved with um, RWA, and and I think that if you can find your peers, you know, you can find other writers. It's encouraging because we do all have a different experience. Some it's fast, some it's slow, and it's good to just have a posse who understands what you're going through, right? That's everything. Your friends are everything. I have two two of my best friends are writers that I met through writing, um, and that I never thought I would be able to say that because I'm an, even though I'm like I'm outgoing and social, I'm an introvert by nature, and I don't um, like I'm in a room and I'll just sit there until someone talks to me, you know, or I'll I'll push myself out of my comfort zone to make friends, but I'm not somebody who will run up and try to make friends with everybody. I just so for me to have connections with people who got me and I got them. It's everything, and it helps you through the down times. It helps you through the up times. You hope your tribe is a positive, supportive one, which I think, you know, and both are, you know, we said RWA and Sisters in Crime, like all of us together, we really do support each other, um, and I think that is so important because this is a tough business. This is a business where you put your heart on the line. You don't always make money from it. You do it because you love it. You hope you can make a career out of it, but even if you don't, you're still going to write, and you're putting your heart and soul into these books, and they take years to sometimes produce sometimes less but at the end of the day you know you get reviews some good some bad right and and some of them will break your heart they really will they will break your heart and it's not even about the book it's about what you put into it so you've got to have those people right. you can turn to that have been there and that support you mm-hmm. um yeah and the triumph you celebrate together too mm-hmm yeah, for sure. And it, it does make a, you know, it does make a huge difference in everything that you do because the ups are so up and the downs are so low. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you need somebody to yeah. help, you know, keep you even. You got to keep, because you, you know what, we care about it. I think that's why that is. I always thought about it. Why is it, you know, why are we so emotional about these things? It's just a fiction. This is, but it, no, you care about it. We care, we put our heart and soul, we put our passion. And when you care about something, it affects you. And I think we all get each other that this is important to us. It's important for us to tell stories, to connect with people, to give, especially now, give people an escape, a place to go, a thing to get away from the real horrors going on. Nobody wants to do yeah, that. Right. Let's go into a book, right? Into something that's totally right. made up. That's, like, awesome. Just sure. in, escape, get away, you know. Um, and I hope, I mean, at least through my stories, we talk to, I talked about embracing the unknown in my bio, but I really hope that, you know, you go in, you embrace the story, you suspend your disbelief, you embrace the unknown, you, you come through at the other end like the character, and I hope that gives us a little bit of hope and triumph over what we have to go through in real life. Yes, I I agree. And I I have to ask because we were talking about, you know, choosing evil was paranormal and your bio said you you're believing all things paranormal. So I want to find out because I, I too, I write paranormals and I, for six years, I volunteered once a week in the Whaley house, which is America's most haunted residence. Yes. And so yes. I'm really into ghost stories and things, but are there haunted places on the Jersey shore? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Tons. There's, um, there's a paranormal bookstore that does investigations. They have, they have uh, haunting tours. Um, all of that goes on here. There's, um, and Asbury Park is very haunted. There's a lot of history there. Um, so yeah, there's tons of places. And if anybody, you know, that lives on the East coast and lives in New Jersey and there, you know, you can just Google, uh, you know, any number of, um, you know, uh, paranormal investigation or paranormal tours. And especially in the summer, they're big because we live by the beach. So that's the thing to do at night. It's like go out with your friends on this historical paranormal tour. But, um, yeah, there's definitely, um, 
a lot here. They say that the, um, I think it's even the convention center um, and the Paramount Theater is supposed to be very haunted. Um, they, I've been there for readings. Oh, okay. Like John, Ed, John Edward came, um, and so I was there for readings with him, and that's supposed to be very haunted. There's, and there's a few other places, but I think it's the history um, and just, um, you know, it, like anywhere, you know, you have, uh, you have stories, and the stories um, right. turn into, you know, ghost stories sometimes. But, yeah, very mm-hmm. cool stuff. Oh, that's so neat. I just, it never occurred to me that, you know, you think of the Jersey Shore and you think of the beach and spring break and all these things. And, and it never occurred to me that you guys had cool haunted things. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of cooler places out there. Like Gettysburg is huge. People, I know a lot of people take road trips there. Um, obviously Salem, people go up there. I mean, there's, there's, there's right. hot spots that people like, just like you're at the house that you're talking about. I mean, that, that's a hot spot. Right. Um, but there's all the little things. And I think when you're open to, like I am, anything being possible because I'm smart enough to know I don't know everything and that there's things that I don't right. know and I'm open to everything. I'm open to believing anything because I know I don't know everything at all. And that's what makes me say, like, I believe in all things paranormal. I believe in all these crazy things because I believe anything's possible and who am I to say it isn't. So I just have an open mind and I keep, and I keep my mind open in, in life. So um, yeah, if you're one of those people and you want to explore and you're not afraid and certainly people, some people are afraid. And I know that there's, you know, things people say you have to be careful about this or that. And you, you've got to do what's comfortable for you, but certainly um, from a historical perspective, I like to just learn about different places and, um, and experience things, um, you know, Knowing and thinking, in, in other words, going in with a positive attitude. I don't go in. I'm not one of those people that is negative about uh, much of anything. But I, certainly, when it comes to that, I respect. I respect all of it, and I'm not somebody who's right. going to taunt or you know, like I see that and I get upset. Right. Like, you know what? If this all is true, these are people who live. Like, let's be respectful. So I do have that kind exactly. of positive attitude, and I think that's and I think the positive attitude protects me in a lot of ways because I do respect what I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and among us is sci-fi. So what drew you to write a sci-fi? So I love that stuff too. I love sci-fi. I love government conspiracy theories. I watch a lot of shows on you know the ancient aliens, which is the one aspect of it, and then I watch a lot of like unsealed alien files. And what I'm very curious about is government cover-ups, government conspiracies, military things that have happened in the past. Um, what's true? What's not true? I mean, I have family in the military. My husband has. Uh, high-ranking family in the military, and, you know, you don't hear anything from them, but you wonder what really went on back in the day and what has been covered up. So I I wrote a story about um, just a cover-up and um, a girl who wants to uh, open it up, and she doesn't believe uh, what what she's being told, and she believes, um, and some incidents do happen, but she gets mixed up basically in a deadly government conspiracy. And I took some facts. I went, you know, I did some research um, on the Freedom of Information Act and different things that have happened in history and the way that things were handled. And I spun them in my own way, in a fiction way, um, as a what if. But yeah, it, it, I'm always curious about what I don't know and what I, and I want to know. And then I wonder, and what I really explored in this book was the truth. What, are, what should we know and what shouldn't we know? Like, what do we have a right to know? And the book really is up against the, the main character believing we have a right to know things and the government conspira- agency saying, no, you don't. And you don't because you don't know what's good for you. You don't know what's bad for you. So I was teetering on those both sides of the fence there to say, like, I don't know how I feel about it because I'm not, I don't work in the government. And I'm also, um, you know, I am just a civilian. So I don't really understand, but I would certainly like to know. 
but what do I really want to know? Like, this is the stuff that I made myself go through with the book. But um, so all of it is, again, the unknown. I just want to know um, and explore it mm-hmm. and see where it takes me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Have Have you watched on, I think it's because uh, now we're all binge watching everything because we're stuck yes, inside. We are. <laughs> I know. But, <laughs> but it's on Amazon Prime, so you can watch it for free. But it's called Third Eye Spies, and it's about the CIA used to try to use psychics to do remote viewing, and it's all been oh, declassified. It. And a few of the of the um, of the spies themselves and of the uh, physicists are still alive, and so they are all in this documentary, and it is fascinating. And if you're oh, into government that. cover-ups and psychics, yeah, Third Eye Spy. Oh my gosh, this is my. I took thing. pages Thank of you. notes. I'm, I'm so I was like, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, I need to see this now. No, that's my thing. I want to know. I watch all that. I watch crime TV. I watch everything. That's I watch fiction too, but I like the real stuff and I like the docu series because I like to dive into uh, areas where I have no, you know, true experience, but I have right um, ideas and fantasy. And as a writer, my God, I mean, how, how many things can you spin out of things you're watching? You're like, what if this and what if? And I always think the crazy things. Like I always think like the thing that they're not talking about is what's really going on because that's how we think as writers. We're creative and we, we go off on a, on a topic. So um, yes, I love that. Thank you so much. I'm definitely going to check that out. You're welcome. Yeah. And then you'll have to email me and tell me what you think because, Oh my yes. gosh. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so love Yeah. It, it was fascinating. Totally up my alley. Totally up my alley. It's like, I love all that stuff. Like, why not? You know what? Like, I listen, I know some people, like, you know, obviously not reading my books if they're scared by this stuff, but, um, but people can be, like, kind of turned off and don't want to know things. And that's, that's for them, you know. But for me, I want to, like, while I'm here on this earth, I want to experience as much as I can and learn as much as I can. Right, right. Yeah, it was it was a really fascinating documentary. Cool. So it's totally oh worth worth watching if you're into that. So yeah. um what else are what else should we be watching? What are you watching while you're trapped inside? Oh my gosh, I've watched everything. Okay, two things. Of course everyone's watching Tiger King, so I'm not even gonna go there because I saw Tiger King and it was crazy. Um, and it's murder mayhem, and exactly what they're saying, it's all that. I mean, everyone's like, oh, you know, big cats, who cares? Well, yeah, you know, and you might not be an animal person. You might not be into this lifestyle. I didn't even know it existed. But there is mystery and murder and mayhem, and it's crazy. Um, the other thing that I watched, which I'm finding fascinating, fascinating, is called McMillions. This is on um, oh. Amazon Prime. No, it's on HBO, HBO Go. It's about the, I don't know if you remember, years ago there was a Monopoly game that McDonald's put out. Right. And it was a million-dollar winner. Well, it was, a, it was mm-hmm. totally rigged. Rigged, 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 and nobody was ever going to win. And it was the story behind it. And it's fascinating. And so I had no idea. And I'm watching this. And it's like, you couldn't, you could write this plot, but it would take years because it's so intertwined as to what actually went down. And this is a docuseries. But that's, we're onto that right now. And I'm fascinated by that. Um, because I just didn't know anything about it. So I, I love to learn. Right. So anything that's going to be like an open eye moment, like, oh, my God, I had no clue this existed. I'm watching. I also watched Pandemic, which I wouldn't recommend unless you've got like some real positive, you know, you've got a positive outlook on life because 
um, that they, uh, it's on Netflix and it's called Pandemic. And at first I was like, I really shouldn't be watching this. I actually, at the end, I did feel good about everything that the world is doing to help with pandemics. But let me tell you, this was done and it was published, or I'm sorry, it was um, put out in August of last year before this whole COVID thing. And uh, it's uh. and it's crazy. It's crazy, but it can scare you. So uh, if you're not into, you don't want to go too deep because we're already living this. Don't watch it. But for me, right. I found out uh, there's people all over the world who give their life up to research and stop um, these diseases. And I just was like so amazed and felt so good about all the people in the world that work um, to just really help with this kind of thing. It made me feel good about it. But um, but that's where I come from. I don't want to scare anybody <laughs> in that way. Because that's right. <laughs> it's not, uh, you know, like our book. So that's a real thing. So if you can't handle it, don't watch it. But, yeah, um, that, right, those are right. things that we've been binging. Yeah, the I saw a news story that I didn't even know Netflix had a show pandemic, but I saw the doctors from that show have been working overtime on the whole COVID thing and actually have found five antibodies that seem to fight wow. it. So, um, so that was interesting, and I was like, wow, so the show is real. These people are really doing it. Yeah. So it's very they cool. are, and they're amazing. They're amazing people doing amazing things and risking their life every day, and that's what I walked away with—a good feeling about the world. Um, and that, that's yeah. what I took away from it. You know, as scary as it is, there are people who really care and will give their life up for, for this. And that's pretty, pretty amazing. They're heroes as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, we're rapidly running out of time, sadly. But how can readers get in touch with you? If they, are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? Do you have a newsletter? Yeah, so um, at ChristinaRienzi.com, that's Christina with a K. So it's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. R-I-E-N-Z-I.com. I'm linked to everywhere. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on um, Instagram. Those are my big ones. I do have a newsletter um, where I do exclusive information, content. I also have a reader group called the Rienzi Rebels. Um, and if you're a writer, I have a writer group called the Write Life. I'm also a coach. So I try to give inspiring and motivational things in there. So, yeah, come find me. Just look, look me up at my home on the web, ChristinaRienzi.com, or you can find me at Christina Rienzi on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was great to meet you. And let me know what you think of Third Eye Five. <laughs> I definitely will. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Thank, thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.